What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Uh, doing well. Yeah. Healthy alive. You know. I do have some very sad news. This is breaking. Regis Philbin has just died at 88 years old. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know the uh, the millionaire guy? The who wants to be uh-huh. a millionaire guy? Yeah. Who wants to be Most a millionaire? Most of uh, yeah. Regis and Kathy Lee and Regis and whatever, you know, in the mornings. Well, I mean, geez, he over 60-year career. Yeah. Uh, he was on I TV mean, for a long 88, time. 88 is good. I mean, that's a good age. Condolences to the family, but uh, wow, that's uh, unexpected. I, I didn't know he was, you know, sick or anything, or in, you know, did he? What he die of? Do we know? Uh, I think it was COVID. COVID nineteen. <laughs> COVID, yeah. No, probably. No, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not entirely certain. It says he died last night of natural causes. One month shy of his 89th birthday. His family told Eat uh, Entertainment Tonight in a statement. His family, his friends are forever grateful for the time we got to spend with him, for his warmth, his legendary sense of humor, uh, and his singular ability to make every day into something worth talking about. We thank his fans and his admirers for their incredible support over his 60 year career and ask for privacy as we mourn his loss. You know, one thing I can say about Philbin, one thing I can say about him, because I've seen this guy often on TV shows for years, right? I mean, he did, obviously, you know, Regis and Kelly, Regis, and mm-hmm. I think it was Regis and Kathy Lee before that, did America's Got Talent, who wants to be a millionaire, of course, in recent years. And I've seen him do various things at host, uh, like he did the New Year's Eve stuff a couple of times, uh, and he did some other shows coming up throughout the years. And you know what? I never saw the guy get political, but I think this was also during the time where politics really wasn't in the in the entertainment business at the time. Like it wasn't a religion like it is now. So I, I never saw him get into any of that. He was just simply Regis Philbin was just simply he was an entertainer, right? He was an entertainer. That's that's what I saw him do. And that's what I thought he was good at. I, I have to agree. I mean, I don't have any negative memories of the guy. You know, I mean, it's a, I don't remember any kind of um, scandals or anything over the years. And you know, for as far as I know of him, he's a good, yeah, pretty good dude. You know, nothing. Yeah, scandals in, included nothing. I mean, he was yeah. a, he was in the entertainment business, and it was clean. There wasn't a me too right. claim against him at all. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. So and and as we're learning in that in that world, that's uh, apparently rare. Um, yeah, supposedly. Yeah. But at the same age, eighty eight years old, you have a guy running for political office again. <laughs> But it's not it's not the political office yeah. you think. Sheriff Joe right. Arpaio is trying to make a comeback. And you know yeah. what? I love this guy, right? I, I love this guy. I've been watching and following this guy for a long time. He's the guy that created the tent city out there in Arizona in Maricopa County. Yeah. And he made the right. prisoners wear okay. pink underwear. Like it was, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it was that. And you know, he's he said, look, he says, we got property from here all the way to the Mexican border. He says, I'll build tents all the way from here to there if I have to. 
And he kept a sign out in front of the uh, out in front of the jail that said the Gray Bar Motel. And there was a vacancy sign that was flashing all the time out there. So there was always a spot for you. But the guy that took over, who was a major candidate that was backed by Soros. Right. Just just throwing that out there. But now Sheriff Joe is is looking to make a, a comeback. Now, Trump pardoned him. Did you know that? Do you remember a few years, yes, a couple of years I, back, I Trump pardoned It was BS yeah. charges anyway. It was a, it was the Soros uh-huh. cooked up nonsense. Soros paid uh-huh. millions to get him out of there because what was he? He was somebody that was actually taking the law and enforcing it. God forbid you enforce the law, right? And he was elected by the people. So obviously the people of Maricopa County appreciated what he was doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't have ke- mm-hmm. they wouldn't have uh, elected him. But all of a sudden, Soros gets to his backing with hundreds of millions of dollars. Or I don't think it was like tens of millions of dollars. I think he said something it was like something to the tune of like 30 million dollars or something. How are you supposed to run against 30 million dollars? Right. I mean, you've got a you've got a machine behind you, especially at a local level. Right. Right. But he's he's coming back. He's vowed to bring back the things that the courts have either deemed illegal or his successor has done away with, including immigration crackdowns, a complex of jail tents, the tent city, uh, and other now discarded trademarks. He says, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to do 90% of what I did during my 24 years. And that's the way it's going to be. Now, see, this is what I like about this guy is he is, and I've seen him give several interviews. He is right to the point. He cuts through all the nonsense and the BS. And he's a good sheriff. He's a good sheriff. He, he just enforces the law. That's all he does. Now, I'm not saying the guy doesn't do any wrong, but the cases that were cooked up against him was complete nonsense. It was it was BS. And he even did a, even did a few days in his own jail for it at that. So, yes, he's uh, he's trying to make a comeback. But the winner will go on to face uh, the Democrat Paul Pinzone, uh, who is the one who beat him in 2016. And he's running unopposed in his primary. Of course, there's no one else on the ticket because he's a Soros candidate. Arpaio, I don't know if you remember this or not, Bruce. Arpaio is the one that did the... Um, the birth certificate uncover, by the way, for Obama. Do you remember him? That do you know mm. who he is now? Uh huh. Uh huh. He took I, I, he and yeah. his deputies. Yeah, he and his deputies took their own money and don't money that was given by donations. They didn't use a single dime of taxpayer money, and they did their own research on it. And they actually uncovered that Obama was not born in in the state of Hawaii. It was a fake. It was a fake birth certificate. It was completely fake. Uh, now I'm not going to get into all this birth or conspiracy nonsense, but what they were mm-hmm. able to uncover in that investigation that was ignored and is still ignored to this day, I believe, uh, is a bigger issue than that birth certificate itself. And what does that mean? They stumbled upon in their investigation pretty much a matter of national security, meaning that, and you can still do this up to this day, as, as far as I know. If you're a non-citizen, you can go to the state of Hawaii and they will issue you a birth certificate and then you can go wherever you want in the U.S. That's what they uncovered. They said this is a national security issue at the end of the day. And of course, it was all turned over to DHS under an Obama presidency. What do you think happened? Nothing. So we're going to look right into that. Yeah, sure. Mm hmm. But anyway, uh, but no, he's uh, he's coming back. He's trying to make it to the uh, the runoff. It says here over the last seven years, the sheriff's office has been undergoing a court ordered overhaul after the judge ruled the sheriff's deputies had racially profiled Latinos in Arpaio's immigration policy or immigration patrols, mm. and this, which it was uh, they would ask for ID if they would stop you. That's all it was. <laughs> That's all it was. Uh, the wait, civil. Wait, 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 wait. You mean they were targeting people that? could have been here illegally in a, in a state that shares a border with another country of those types of people. 
What? I know it's a, I know it's a horrible thing to think of, Bruce, and it's just you, you look right? at you look at I the fascist overreach of people like that, and it's just it's unprecedented. Yeah, I, I can't. Wow, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the civil contempt findings in uh, against Arpaio and Sheridan were made in the profiling case, which of course was later dropped, and then uh, of course Trump pardoned him, but none of them were charged with contempt contempt or anything like that because you can't. I mean, <laughs> what you're gonna you're gonna charge somebody with racially profiling if they're asking for ID? Is that what you're going to do? Because that's what it was. That's what it was. Let's uh, let's see if he makes it. Isn't that standard procedure, by the way, to ask for someone's ID when you stop them? Uh, unless something's changed, it's standard procedure in just mm-hmm. about every state I've ever been to. Yeah, that's that's what I thought, too. But anyway, first thing they ask you for when they walk up to your window, driver's license and registration, please. Exactly. <laughs> just just saying. So if that's if that's racially profiling, I mean, I guess we don't need ID anymore, do we? Right. Well, no, this so. is a, you know, we're, we're, we're a citizen of the world, see? Oh, yes, yes. We're citizens of the world first, and we're citizens mm, of yes, countries. Yes. See, this is, see, Bruce, you keep mm-hmm. me in line by, by cluing me in on all this stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> right. China launches its first unmanned mission to Mars. They're on their way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a few years behind, uh, copycatting us, but, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonder where they got those plans. Anyway, uh, China successfully launched an unmanned <laughs> right. probe to Mars on Thursday in its first independent mission mission to another planet. In a display of its technological prowess and ambition to join oh. an elite club of spacefaring nations. Boy, this doesn't sound like it's biased at all, does it? No, is that New York Times? Is that you? This is, this is Reuters, and it's written by... Um, Someone named Ryan Wu. Gee, I wonder where he comes from. Oh, huh. China's largest carrier rocket, the Long March 5Y-4, blasted off with the probe at 12.41 p.m. from Wenchang Space Launch Center on the southern island of Hainan. The probe is expected to reach Mars in February. It will try and land in Utopia Planitia, uh, a plane in the northern hemisphere, and deploy to uh, deploy a rover to explore for 90 days. 90 days? Isn't R still working? It's been up there for a few years now, hasn't it? Yeah, different ones. So we had the one, what was it, last year, the year before? Um, God, I forget which one it was. But it had been up there for like 10 years. And it finally just stopped. Uh, it finally stopped working. So the, the solar panels had become so covered in Martian dust that they they weren't able to generate power. And I think it was a winter season or something, and they weren't able to get the the actuating arm to clean it off. Anyway, all that to say that one lasted like 10 years, which was wow. It was only supposed to last like a year or something like that. I mean, and it far exceeded what they were planning to do. So with China's expertise in um, uh, metals and other things, uh, I'm, I'm really curious if they'll make the 90 day marker. Well, it says here that since 1960, half of the 50 plus missions to Mars, including flybys, had failed due to technical problems. Only a handful attempted to land on the planet. I don't know if they're talking about China there. So, uh, let me see. This is a uh, this is from the head researcher there at their uh, their space program. He says this is an exploration project, so there will be no 100 percent assurance of success. Well, comrade, if there's not 100 percent assurance of success, then I think you're going to be replaced. If the mission is unsuccessful yeah. or if there are problems, we would continue to push ahead, uh, reestablish the project and recommit. Now, see, that's the right answer. China previously made a Mars bid in 2011 with Russia, but the Russian space craft carrying the probe failed to exit the Earth's orbit and disintegrated over the Pacific Ocean. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Uh, eight spacecraft, American, European, Indian, are currently either absorb- or orbiting Mars or on its surface with other missions underway or planned. You know, 
that rover we've got it's uh, that's up there on Mars now. You know something? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this prediction now. I think we're going to be the first ones to get it back. Hmm. Could be. And by that, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. By that, I mean, we're going to get some boots on the ground up there. Literally, we're going to get some boots on the ground and we're going to get people out there. We're going to get that sucker cleaned off and we're going to get it working. I mean, honestly, if I'm if I'm one of the colonists up there and I'm looking for a side project, uh, Absolutely. that's my side project. <laughs> so, yes, China is on their way to Mars. Now, NASA, you know, that organization we have that puts things up in in space, you know, just small, small, mm-hmm, minute mm-hmm. thing. I mean, if you look at the yeah. success of China, then, of course, you just got the measly old U.S. who hasn't really done anything other than, you know, put a man yeah. on the moon. And, uh, right. you know, we're looking to colonize Mars and and we've put the Internet in space and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. just but little except things except really. for that. Yeah, yeah. L- little yeah, yeah. things, really. I mean, yeah, it's not important. Yeah, yeah. But right, NASA right. is launching a telescope, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope, by the way, um, which and the Russians, I'll give the Russians credit for the first cosmonaut in space. And I'll give you credit for the Sputnik. space station. Yeah. The, the Sputnik in the space station. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. NASA launching it. Uh, NASA is going to launch now a telescope to the edge of space using a football sized balloon. It says they're going to launch at, Let me see. Their jet propulsion laboratory is launching a massive football field sized balloon. Man, that's a big balloon uh, to the that's edge of space balloon. to study formations of stars and galaxies a balloon how's a balloon going to work so, in a vacuum of space well it would it would it's to the edge of like our atmosphere uh, it's the edge of the atmosphere yeah so it'd be similar to a weather balloon or okay. uh, and to that effect so it'd be so is this just like the the, bal- so probably is this the balloon like it's going to take the capsules up for those people that want like the view or whatever it is yeah, I'm assuming it's something like that. Do you remember the Do you remember the guy that that uh, the skydiver that the jump from the highest point? Felix Baumgartner. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, it's probably going to be a balloon similar to that. I, I understand why they're doing this. So, if you're not into astronomy, for those that uh, I, I'll give you a quick little thing on that. Because here on Earth we have the atmosphere, the higher you can get above the Earth's surface, and the you know the further out of the atmosphere you can get, or you know thin that layer in between you and space, the clearer the images are going to be through your telescope. So uh, it, it makes sense that they're they're taking this and and putting it at the edge of space. You have less distortion from the atmosphere, from uh, you know air, from sunlight bouncing off of air and moisture, you know that that sort of thing. It it causes a big hindrance. Here recently uh, in this area, we were able to see like Jupiter and Saturn, right? And you can actually, with your naked eye, you can see the distortions from the atmosphere and, and the, the humidity and everything. So you know uh, fog, that that sort of thing, by getting closer to the the edge of space clears that up and that's why we have like hubble and they have another one up there i believe the eu put up that more recently but yeah having having i'm i'm all for having more telescopes up there personally oh sure uh sure that's pretty cool and honestly we need some kind of defense mechanism if you will to at least notify us when an asteroid is impending you know we, we need more eyes eyes in the sky if you will uh to to detect those things. Well, you know, we keep getting those near misses. Like the last one that was a near yeah. miss, you said was like in between the Earth and a satellite that was in orbit and we missed it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, it was the size so, of a pickup yeah. truck, but still, I mean, it was there. It, it still could have done some I mean, damage. Yeah, that, that, that that's a city, you know, uh, that could have done a lot of damage. Now, we're, we're kind of at a advantage, if you will, because 70 percent of our planet is water. So if something does break through the atmosphere, 
it's likely to hit water and not at a populated area. So what you're saying is the movie Deep Impact is a real plausible situation here. Is that what you're saying? Uh, wasn't there like tsunamis and that kind of thing from? from uh, yeah, it went all the way up to like Colorado mm-hmm. or something, which would well, put I mean, the, which would put mm-hmm. the um, it would put the the rising sea levels in an actual like that that would actually happen. <laughs> in an actual, yeah, that would that yeah. would right. But you're you're talking an asteroid that's uh, hundreds of miles wide. I mean, well, yeah, it would be like yeah, a. Yeah you know, a destroyer of the planet, crack it open level to get waters to Colorado. But yeah, the Rocky Mountains, if you will. Right. It says here that this telescope will be for the high or will be for high spectral resolution observations at sub millimeter wavelengths. I have no idea what that thing just said that they're talking like X-ray, gamma ray, um, you know, the the smaller wavelengths like that ultraviolet. I got you. Okay, it measures 8.4 feet in length. According to a release from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the balloon carrying it will be around 400 feet in diameter. Oh, man, that's a 400 that's foot a big, balloon to, car- to carry an eight yeah. foot thing. I mean, gee whiz. Yeah. Does it say how big the apparatus is on, on it? No. The, the no, telescope? It no? Okay. no, it doesn't. But uh, it says that the uh, the telescope will gather data on four targets, two regions in the Milky Way known for their star formation, the Messier 83 galaxy, and a relatively young star named TW Hydra. The Jet Propulsion Laboratory researchers are taking particular interest in the stellar feedback process commonly associated with formation of stars. They hope the study will help fine tune computer simulations of galaxy formation. Okay, so we need to know how galaxies are formed. Is that is that what we're doing here? Yeah, so that's um, this this will help uh, understanding of things like how stars evolve or how they you know they form and all that. This is supposed to launch in December of 2023 in uh, Antarctica. Did you see how long it's supposed to stay up there? Uh, it says it's going to be up there for a month. It says it'll yeah, be it'll float about 25 miles above the Earth's surface or four times higher than commercial airlines for about one month. However, balloon missions are much more cost efficient. In addition, the telescope has a chance to be recovered. After the conclusion of its mission, it will detach from the balloon and fall back to Earth with the help of a parachute to be used again in the future. OK, so plausibly, like, I mean, it's like the Falcon 9, you know, brings itself back and kind of just hangs out I, on a boat. Yeah. I mean, assuming the the balloon doesn't actually pop, then yeah, you'd be able to recover everything potentially. But depending on the makeup of the of the um, the satellite itself, you know, I don't know if it would survive the the return to Earth or not. You know, would landing in the frigid waters damage it somehow or something? You know, I don't know. I don't but know. Anyway, but if it detaches and then they attach the or they deploy the parachute immediately, should arrest any kind of reentry. You know, heat generation. Right. Right. San Francisco Giants. Sam Coonrad uh, cites his faith issues with Black Lives Matter for his decision not to kneel. He didn't take a knee. He's the only one on the team that didn't take a knee. Good for you. Good for you. So way to stand with uh, principles. Yeah, exactly. And what do you think is going to happen to him? What do you think is going to happen to him? I'll bet you they're going to bench him. You watch. Uh, uh, two days. He's a good player. If he's a good player, nothing's going to happen. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, two days into his first regular season, Giants manager Gabe Kapler might have a sticky situation in his clubhouse. That's what the media is reporting. See, it might be a sticky situation because he stood on principle, even when he stood alone, as John Adams would put it, because he doesn't take a knee for anyone except for God. The Giants manager might have a sticky situation within his clubhouse because the man believes in taking a knee before God himself and not for another man. And that's a sticky situation. Now, I'm not I'm not going to get Wait, all serious here. Uh, I, 
Uh, no, I'm I'm getting serious. The First Amendment, man. Go ahead. Uh, All right, go if, ahead. Yeah, if no, that, that that's me getting serious. It's the First Amendment. It's his choice. You know, if he if he wants to kneel or not kneel, and he's saying it's a a, a religious principle, um, then you know, what of it? What what are you gonna do about it? You know, as far as the business is concerned, are, seriously, are they gonna bench him? Do you think that would really fly really well in a court? You're you're benching them because of their religious position. Uh, uh, it's it's definitely I'm not be an interesting. Yeah, I'm not system. saying they would. I'm saying I wouldn't put it past them in this political climate because we've made sports political now. Right. It's, it's a damn shame. But his right. quote. And I, I agree. But, you know. Yeah. After the eight to one loss, Coonrod cited his faith for not kneeling as if this is a horrible thing. Uh, but he also disparaged what he believes to be some tenets of Black Lives Matter. Some tenets, you, you see. Comments that might not be viewed charitably by all in the clubhouse. Oh, Okay, so we're worried about what everyone else thinks now. We're worried about what the mob thinks. Kunrit said, I'm a Christian. I can't get on board with a couple of things I've read about Black Lives Matter. How they lean towards Marxism and said some negative things about the nuclear family. What do they say about the nuclear family? We discourage the Western prescribed nuclear family. Mm -hmm. What do the leaders of BLM say? We're trained Marxists. You see how it was a mass movement to get everybody on board? Now they've got everybody into the camp. And then everything flips. See, they've got everybody in there on one thing. Does anybody even know who George Floyd was anymore? I bet you they don't. Not largely, anyway. Now it's all about, well, it's all Trump's fault. And we got to overthrow capitalism. We got to get rid of the nuclear family. We got to get rid of the Western patriarchy. All of it. But yes, good on him. You stand on principle, even if you stand alone. Okay. All right. Uh, we are going to have to jump out of here this morning, Bruce. I do apologize. We are out of time. It's that space thing again, right? We get talking about that, uh, that technological stuff, man. We just keep going and going and going. So uh, we are going to we are gonna have to go. We're going to have to work on that. Get something else going on, by the way. Thank you for your time this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all this topic some more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.